I'm Nala Ayed, host of Ideas. In this age of clickbait and online shouting, Ideas is a meeting ground for people who want to deepen their understanding of the world. Join me as we crack open a concept to see how it plays out over place and time and how it matters today. From the rise of authoritarianism to the history of cult movies, no idea is off limits. Ideas is on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. One of the biggest movies that you might have missed this year is an action movie called RRR, directed by S.S. Rajamouli. It's made over $175 million. It was in Netflix's global top 10 for 14 consecutive weeks. There's been Oscar buzz around it, and it just got nominated for two Golden Globes. Big budget Indian movies are known for spectacle. Over the top action sequences, reality bending CGI, epic musical performances, and RRR delivers on all of that and then some. In one of the most unbelievable scenes, one of the main characters, an Indian revolutionary, drives a truck into a party full of British soldiers and unleashes a bunch of animals. Tigers, wolves, bears. The animals go wild and kill every soldier in their path. RRR is a product of Tollywood, the Telugu language film industry. And that is remarkable because usually it's Bollywood movies, Hindi language movies made in Mumbai that break through and find audiences outside of India. But this seems to be a sign of the times. Tollywood and other regional language film industries have been thriving, while Bollywood has not had a great year. Hindi cinema, often called Bollywood, is in crisis. One estimate suggests 90% of films released in the past four months have bombed at the box office. So why is this happening? Why is an industry that once seemed too big to fail now going through what feels like a bit of an existential crisis? The reasons are complicated, and in a lot of ways, they reflect what's going on in cinema globally. But there are elements of this that are unique to India. More and more, we're seeing tensions from the country's polarized political climate play out in the film industry. We're going to try to break this all down today with Akshi Magazine, who writes about film and culture and teaches film at Ashoka University. I'm Tamara Kandakar, and you're listening to Nothing is Foreign. Hi, Akshi. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Tamara. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the biggest movie to come out 
of India this year. That's RRR. It did really well at the box office. It's been a massive hit on Netflix, both inside and outside of India. Now it's been nominated for two Golden Globes. Can you tell me a bit about this movie to start off with? What is it about? Yeah, um, the film is uh, based in 1920s British India, and it's about the anti-colonial, anti-British struggle. And it's a fictionalized account of two real-life um, revolutionaries um, who actually didn't meet in real life, but the film kind of fictionalizes it and imagines what would happen if they come together. So one is a tribal leader, the other is an officer in the British government, and they have um, diverse motivations, but they eventually come together to unite against the colonial state. So that's basically what the plot is. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting about this movie and its success is that it's not a Bollywood movie. It's a Telugu language film. It's part of an industry that's actually known as Tollywood. And how rare is it that a Tollywood movie becomes such a massive hit? Yeah, so um, I think it started changing with Bahubali in 2015, which was also a Telugu language film. And uh, with that film, uh, uh, an interesting trend that has emerged is that films that are non-Hindi language films, so these could be Telugu films, they could be films made in Kannada language, they could be films made in Tamil. Um, They've started doing well at the box office in India um, and they have replaced in some ways the pan-India film. So that's a kind of film that works across India. Uh, which usually used to be a Hindi language film. But now we find that even non-Hindi language films are doing well um, as pan-India films. So the success of RRR is part of a wider trend that we're seeing with non-Hindi language films on the come up. And this is happening in the wake of a really bad year for Bollywood and Hindi language films. We've seen a lot of high budget box office flops, right? Lal Singh Chadha was one of the most anticipated movies of the year. Adapted from Forrest Gump, it stars one of India's most popular stars, Amir Khan. Poor attendance forced theatres to cancel hundreds of shows. Shamshera, that's the big blockbuster release of the week, uh, just released yesterday. Some afternoon shows had to be cancelled because there was no audience. Now, this is a movie starring Sanjay Dutt, Ranbir Kapoor, big names. I, I think the stat that I read was like, 70% of these movies have not made back even half of their investment, which is considered a flop. Um, And to give people an idea of how bad things are compared to to before, what has the release of a big-budget Bollywood movie usually looked like in India? Um, I think it used to be a given that if a Bollywood film has a major male star, and especially a male star, it was a given that at least the first day, you know, the, the opening, they would get a good opening. And that didn't happen with any of these films. So so um, that was something that used to happen and was a given. And there definitely used to be excitement about uh, which film is going to be the Eid release, for instance, which film is going to be the Diwali release. And I think all that has has kind of has not been happening in the last few years, of course, also because of the pandemic. Uh, but maybe also it's a, you know, it's a longer trend. Yeah. And just as a consumer, I remember growing up, the opening of a Bollywood film, it used to be this like huge event. It would be weeks of hype in the lead up to the movie. Everyone would be excited about going to the theaters to see it. 
Yeah, it used to be a huge event also because traditionally it used to be like the whole family would go to the theater to watch a film. And I think a lot of the excitement of watching Bollywood films uh, in the theater came from there. Um that has changed um because of a range of reasons, you know. Um also because of the multiplex. I mean, families no longer can maybe afford uh to watch films in big numbers but also watch all films so so of course it has changed because of various reasons but yeah you're right there there definitely used to be excitement about you know the new release So let's talk a little bit about the reasons behind this decline so coming out of the pandemic movie theaters around the world have been struggling to get people back in to watch movies in the theaters so that's obviously a factor here but beyond that what is thought to be behind why these big movies are flopping so financial considerations are definitely there people are a little reluctant to spend money i definitely think that it's also because the traditional bollywood film um which focused a lot on the stardom of you know the male star you know the bollywood stars like for instance amir khan shahrukh khan salman khan have been around for a really long time like now they are in their 50s late 50s and i think it's just inevitable that now they have kind of lost their appeal uh, none of the younger male stars have really replaced the older male star in terms of you know um fandom and a star appeal and so on correct me if if i'm wrong but historically these big bollywood hits they tend to have some pretty standard elements right it's like the big male star which you mentioned there's lots of action romance melodrama good songs has that changed and is there something about the content of these movies that's no longer resonating with audiences when what we term a bollywood film actually that term emerges in the 90s i mean before that bollywood uh, you know as we know it today actually doesn't exist so it's very closely linked to the 1990s which is when the indian economy kind of opens up its market what is called liberalization in india and uh, that is the time that um the hindi film industry based in mumbai starts making these range of films uh which are very pre- preoccupied with you know for instance the emerging middle classes um you know it's very uh, preoccupied with defining indian identity indian culture the non resident indian or the nri is a very important figure uh, at this time so i'm talking about films like you know dilwale dulhaniya le jayenge which is sharukh khan's really big film uh, films like kuch kuch hota hai hum aapke hai kaun and so on so basically that kind of film emerges at that time and eventually over time um the term is used for all big budget films which have certain standard elements so song and dance is definitely there they will have a slightly lavish scale they'll have a little bit of comedy little bit of love story usually a feel good narrative and so on i think a common feeling among audiences is that um the big budget bollywood film ten- tells only the same story again and again but i think that's also an attempt by bollywood filmmakers to kind of i mean when new films are not working they think that if earlier films worked 
then maybe remaking them would uh, be a way out of you know the crisis of the big flops. But I think audiences are losing patience with that. I mean, times have changed, people's tastes have changed. And of course, coming back to RRR, you know, non-Hindi language films have kind of filled the vacuum in terms of what Bollywood is no longer giving the audience. And for some reason, uh, films from so the South industries, uh, films like RRR, Bahubali, there was Arjun Reddy earlier and so on, they are doing well at the box office. And, and obviously with the rise of streaming, people are exposed to, to more of these films, more content outside of Bollywood, outside of India. Um, and the more content people are exposed to, the more their tastes change, right? Yeah, I think tastes change. People got used to, for instance, um, reading subtitles, right? I mean, that used to be a reservation for a long time. I mean, I remember growing up, if you saw a subtitled film, uh, it was it was a huge thing. Or, or you might not be that interested, you'll lose interest. But I think now, because of streaming services, people are watching shows, for instance, K-dramas are so popular. So people are used to watching subtitles. So now they know that they can watch, um, you know, other kinds of films also. So I think because of that, uh, that, that has definitely contributed to a change in taste. Hey, my name is Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of Frontburner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear Frontburner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. So just to sum up what we've talked about, I guess because of how much new content people have been exposed to and the fact that these older stars have been around forever, there may be a bit of fatigue around traditional Bollywood movies. But Tollywood and other South Indian movies have found new audiences. And is there something that they're offering thematically that's different from Bollywood? Again, I mean, this would be a generalization because even Tollywood, just like Bollywood, is as diverse and complex and problematic, you know, and so on. But in terms of the Tollywood films that have worked at the box office, I think there is a pattern. For instance, um, very hyper-masculine films do well, you know, and this is true both for, for films from Tollywood, but also if Hindi cinema or Bollywood does similar you know, so films which represent um, the male hero in a very traditional um, style, which tells stories centered on the male star, still do well um, um, to a certain degree. Particularly the Tollywood films we are discussing today, so like RRR and Bahubali, which is also made by the same director, Raja Moli. Both those films are also spectacle films, you know. Um, they are films which uh, focus on um, not, I mean, the story, of course, is important, but also on telling the story in a particular style. So there'll be set action pieces. (laughs) 
there'll be big dance numbers and you know action pieces are very interestingly and imaginatively done so they're spectacle films those are definitely working at the box office and i think another thing that these films really do is that they combine the spectacle with a lot of Hindu religious iconography, and that also definitely is working. Yeah, and, and tell me a bit more about the Hindu religious iconography, because I know that, you know, along with all of the elements that you, you mentioned, like hyper-masculinity and traditional conservative values, people have been criticizing RRR for promoting ideas that have been embraced by Hindu nationalists, right? Can, can you tell me a bit more about that criticism? I think maybe... If we talk about the context first, maybe that might uh, be easier to explain then. So like uh, like when I say, when we say Hindu nationalism, um, we're particularly talking about that today because, uh, you know, since 2014, uh, the BJP government, which is in power in India, and the Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, which and BJP is a Hindu nationalist party. So basically, uh, they believe uh, that India is should be a Hindu nation, you know, where people from other religions are not equal citizens, right? So uh, in that context, I think uh, since 2014, um, there has been all sorts of violence against minorities and particularly Muslims. As we go now to India, where the death toll from anti-Muslim violence in Delhi has risen to at least 34, with police accused of standing by as Hindu nationalist mobs assault Muslims. The violence begins... So, you know, and when I say violence, it's psychological, it's physical, it's emotional. So we've literally seen uh, people being lynched, uh, you know, um, just because of their religious identity. Um, and um, I said emotional because also there's a feeling that people who are not Hindus should not belong here, right? And so I'm giving this context because cinema is playing a certain role. And in that context, films like RRR or films that kind of um, play up on a certain Hindu um, religious iconography become problematic because what they do is that even if they are not overtly anti any particular religion or community, um, they do imagine Indian history as basically, you know, um, Hindu history. Right. And that kind of gives legitimacy to the project of Hindu nationalism. And what does that look like uh, in the context of RRR? So like I said in the beginning, RRR is a film that is about an anti-colonial struggle. Right. And it brings together these two different um, revolutionaries and they're fighting against the British. There was no need for this story to be told from a religious angle, you know. Uh, but eventually in the film, um, literally, um, one of the characters is named Ram. And there are references to Ram and Sita. Uh, you know, there are references to Hindu gods. There are references to the Mahabharata and Ramayana and so on. The larger message really is that I mean, you're very subtly, you're you're narrating an anti-colonial struggle, which is a secular struggle, but you're particularly emphasizing um, Hindu identity. It's kind of giving legitimacy to this project that Indian history is uh, Hindu, right? Is this part of a bigger trend across Indian film right now, beyond just Hollywood? Is there a trend of movies with these types of themes 
doing well? Yeah, I think there definitely is a trend. So I think there are two, three things that are happening. And this is since 2014. So one is that, um, and I mean, in some ways, Indian films have always been nationalist and often, you know, there have been jingoist films also. But since 2014 in particular, you know, there will be films like um, Uri, you know, which released in 2019, which was about the Indian Army's um, surgical strike against Pakistani militants who had attacked Kashmir. And it had this slogan called, How's the Josh? Which was then a slogan used by BJP leaders, you know, in a different context and so on. So films like that do well. So basically very jingoist, extra-nationalist films. Um, then there are definitely films which are uh, mythologicals. So films like Mani Karnika, even Padmavat would be a film like this, or Kesri, which are very interested in narrating Indian history from a Hindu lens. And so, for instance, for them, the Muslim invaders, the Mughals are a problem and so on. And then finally, you have um, spectacle films like RRR, Bahubali, even Brahmastra, which is a film that Bollywood made, which, like I said earlier, mix spectacle with Hindu mythology and religious iconography. Interesting. And then on the flip side, we've seen some pretty intense backlash to certain movies, backlash from right-wing Hindu nationalists through this hashtag called Boycott Bollywood. Can you tell me what's been happening on the other side? What are some movies that have been targeted? Yeah, so so Boycott Bollywood is this online hashtag which was used um, to target a range of Bollywood film stars. I mean, a good example of that would be Amir Khan. And in fact, his film Lal Singh Chadda, which flopped at the box office this year. Uh, now, we don't know why it flopped, but Amir Khan and that film was definitely a target of this uh, online campaign, you know, because I think they brought up some of his statements uh, and some statements which were just alleged statements where he may have been uh, critical of, uh, you know, everything that has been happening in India since 2014. And basically there was a campaign saying that he's anti-India and his films should not be watched. That's coming in. I mean, all of those trends saying boycott Lal Singh Chadha that's been doing the rounds for the last many days. Superstar Amir Khan has issued an apology. He's in fact appealed against boycotting the film. There's just a day to... And in fact, right now, something similar um, when it comes to Shah Rukh Khan's... Uh, new release. I mean, it's going to release in 2023. It's called Pathan. Uh, but it has this song, uh, which, um, you know, they're saying that it, the song has hurt religious sentiments um, because it has um, the, the actor Deepika Padukone wearing a bikini, which is saffron in color, which is the color of, you know, the BJP. And it's associated with Hindu um, nationalism. Um, so, so that film and that song is also being targeted right now. The, this kind of campaign picks on certain individuals and then, you know, says that they are anti-India, anti-Indian, and by that they mostly mean anti-Hindu. And so their films should be boycotted and not seen by people. Yeah. And the names you've just mentioned, uh, Amir Khan, Shah Rukh Khan, these are Bollywood legends. And it didn't used to be an issue before that they're Muslim, right? How different is what we're seeing 
uh, from Bollywood's past? Yeah, I think it's definitely a huge change from earlier because for a long time, people used to give the example of Muslim film stars in India like Amir Khan, Shah Rukh Khan and Salman Khan uh, as an example of how India is very secular. Um, and I think, of course, that also was problematic because there were problems even then. It's not like everything was great at that time. But at that time, film stars were not being attacked for their religion. But what has happened in the last few years, post-2014, is that, for instance, terms like Urdu would are used for Bollywood. And the, the allegation is that because um, Bollywood has had film stars who have Muslim names and who are Muslim, that's why Bollywood is not Hindu enough and, uh, you know, that should be changed. It was never a part of a larger discourse. But right now it definitely is. Just going back to the crisis at large of Bollywood as a struggling industry, how do you think the industry should be thinking about getting people back into the theaters? Is there anything that they should be doing differently at this point? Um, I think this preoccupation with making films centered on stars, yes, but also particularly on male stars, I think this is a very limiting or limited imagination. And even if you look at recent times, a film like Gangu Bai Kathiawadi, which was also a very star-centric film, but it was actually centered on a female star, who's Alia Bhatt. Virjo, what do you I mean, of course, like, uh, you know, Amir Khan, Shah Rukh Khan, Salman Khan, I mean, they've had a long run. But if you kind of turn your gaze and look at what's happening in terms of the female stars, you know, um, th there's a range of interesting work that is happening. Uh, you know, smaller films are, uh, are interesting and women directors are also doing very interesting work. Um, recently, there was a film called Kala by Anvita Dutt, which was released on Netflix, which also did quite well in terms of, you know, people watching them. I think there's a range of stuff happening beyond big budget, male-centric narratives. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. I'm I'm excited to watch some of these over the holidays, but uh, actually thank you so much for your thoughts and analysis. I really really appreciate it. Thank you Tamara, thank you for having me. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Our producers are Joyta Shangukta and Ashley Mack. And our sound designer is Graham McDonald. Our senior producer is Elaine Chow. The executive producer of Nothing is Foreign is Nick McCabe-Locos. Nothing is Foreign is a co-production of CBC News and CBC Podcasts. Our theme music is by Joseph Shabison. 
And before I let you go, as we wrap up 2022, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and supporting this show. We had no idea when we launched in February that three weeks later would be the start of the Russia-Ukraine war, which would change the world in ways that no one could have expected. And we've been really lucky to get to report on stories from around the world, from the changing political landscape in South America to the devastating consequences of climate change in the global South, to more recently, the way politics has played out in the World Cup, I also want to say a big thank you to all the brilliant guests who've taken the time to share their knowledge and experiences with us. It's truly an honor to get to do this every week. All that being said, I hope you'll stick with us in 2023 and please continue to share the episodes, tell your friends about us, leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this. It only takes a second and it really helps new listeners discover the show. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CBC Podcasts. I'm Tamara Kandacker. Thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year, and I will talk to you in 2023. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.